Welcome to Your Life Atelier. This is week two of 2024, week two. And I'm your host, Emma Laval. And today our topic is about bringing your center of gravity back to yourself. And I have this image of like uh, a disco ball kind of like shimmering and like being right here in the center. And if it doesn't feel like it's shimmering and the lights are coming off it and it's turning and, you know, the party's happening, then that's a really easy way to just check in and notice like, hey, what's going on? Did somebody like, did I, did it roll away? Um, so I'm going to start by explaining where I first had this image. And if you have been in my world before, you've probably heard this previously, or if you've read the little leopard print book, it's a free resource that you can get either under this if you're watching it on YouTube or you can grab it in the podcast notes. But two years ago, I was, well, just over two years ago, I had moved to Normandy, France with my long-term partner and our relationship was ending. And it was very much like, it wasn't ending in a like, ah, oh, this is a disaster, I hate you. It was just like, shall we just not do this anymore? You know, like we're going different ways we both care about each other we respect each other and and we didn't we didn't want it to get nasty we wanted to end the relationship on a really good note because it had been a very good relationship for nine years and while that was true I also had this sensation of like my world is shattering because everything all of these things that I had assumed to be true and to be facts and to be you know, the plans that I had, the way that I had been imagining my future, it was suddenly like shattering apart, even though I was the one, like I always describe it as like shaking up your life. Like sometimes we just know that we want something to be different. We don't know what it is. So we, we break something or we throw something into the mix and it's like, you're just shaking everything up and then you're watching how the pieces land. And I sent this voice note to a friend of mine at the time. And I said, like, I feel like I'm shattering but I simultaneously, I feel like everything around me is kind of also gravitating. And it's so weird because I can feel it like, and then coming in. And what I realized later, uh, really probably only realized it a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was reading a book by Gabor Mate. I talk about it a lot, The Myth of Normal. And in fact, that's a lie. I wasn't reading it recently. I listened to it, I started listening to it when I was taking Rita to and from the hospital. It was one of the audio books I was listening to. And in that book, he talks about a concept of authenticity and attachment. And these are two parts of our development. And when we're children, our attachment is more important than authenticity. So mammals, if we don't have a caregiver, <laughs> was my mammal, Rita, my mammal child there. Um, if we don't have a caregiver, we die, right? We can't get our own food. We can't look after ourselves. So it's really, really important that we prioritize attachment. So what that means is if we sense correctly or incorrectly that our caregiver doesn't like something about us, we change it. We hide the authentic parts of ourselves to prioritize the attachment. Now, as we get older and we learn to look after ourselves and we can go and get food and we can manage our sleep and we can create shelter and we can meet all of those needs, we then need to prioritize authenticity for health. 
if we don't prioritize our authenticity and we instead hide those parts of ourselves, we become sick and we are unhappy, okay? And it's it's fascinating. So for me, what was happening was I think that attachment was sort of unhooking. And I was really, for the first time as an adult, in a very, very big way, choosing authenticity and saying, I need these things for me to be happy. And I need to not put my partner first, put my family first, put everybody else first, put the dog first, instead of me. I need to put myself first. Now, when we do that, our brains are screaming. They think this is dangerous because remember, up until a certain point, if you prioritize being yourself and doing what you want to do and you don't prioritize keeping your caregiver happy, you will die, okay? So our brains still have that programming and this happens anytime we are going to do something different or something that doesn't align with the expectations of our culture, of our society, of those around us, of our partner, our brain kicks off. It's like, don't do this. Uh, it, it uses all the tools that it has because your brain's job is not to keep you happy. Your brain's job is not to keep you authentic, which creates happiness, is to keep you alive. And it keeps you alive by minimizing doing different things, by minimizing doing new things, okay? So for me, that was really interesting because that just suddenly clicked into place when I was reading this. And I thought, ah, that was this shift from attachment to authenticity. Fascinating. Now, what happens day to day when we are making other people our center of gravity is obviously we don't feel balanced, right? So the way that I've described this to my clients is it's like, you know, imagine you're on a bicycle, but on one shoulder, you've got a really heavy bag. Okay. And so for many of us, we want to do something, we want to live a certain way. And that might be, it might even be like your sleep routine. I have to say like being single, my sleep is amazing. Not sharing a bed with somebody that sleeps differently, that uses their phone at nighttime when I like to have dark and a candle, you know, just those little things can cause friction day to day. So it might be that actually when it comes to your sleep routine, your center of gravity is prioritizing the person you share a bed with or persons, judgment-free zone here. Okay. And, and so when we just say, hang on a minute, I noticed that my gravity here is actually prioritizing your sleep. I'm going to ask for what I need. So I'm going to say, okay, when I bring my center of gravity back to myself, listen, sleep is really, really important to me. And I know that you need to do this and that for this, it's, you know, whatever, this is your priority. How can we meet in the middle? How can we make sure that both of our needs are met? And doing that from a place of safety, where our nervous system is calm, because our center of gravity, we're not doing it in a defensive way, in a reactive way. We're doing it because it's very much center of gravity is here. Sleep is important to me. My sleep routine is important to me. I'm going to do what I need to do. Because this also plays into what your brain is going to throw at you to try and stop you from doing this new thing. Your brain is going to say like, this is selfish. When you make yourself your center of gravity, this is selfish. And when you're selfish, that's bad for other people. But if we stick with this sleep example, like how is it good for both people 
all of the people, <laughs> stick with that example, when there is a conversation about not having phones in the bedroom or not having the lights on after a certain time or using an eye mask or like whatever it is, that's actually great, right? You're working on your communication. You're having a conversation about health. You're working on conflict resolution in a nonviolent way. You know, there are all these interesting good things that happen when we make ourselves our center of gravity. Now, what we want to also think about is that this is a practice, okay? So when you start to think about, okay, I'm my center of gravity and that's my starting point. Before I take decisions, before I think about conversations, I just quickly visualize, okay, where is my center of gravity right now? Is it over here? Is it rolling between multiple people? Is it going between my work, my clients, if I'm self-employed, my family, my partner? And again, like even, I know this sounds crazy, but your dog, like as a recovering, not recover, let's say reformed people pleaser, so interesting because I noticed that I dealt with my people pleasing in my work and my business. I dealt with it in my personal life. But with my dog, <laughs> with Rita, I was constantly worried that I wasn't being a good enough dog guardian and I should be doing more and I should be doing these different things. And I, I caught it, right? And it's like, ah, sneaky brain. There's the people pleasing, moving my center of gravity to the dog instead of me. So your brain will still try to move it away from you. And that's why I really like to just imagine it as this disco ball and notice like, has it rolled somewhere? Is it like glowing and spinning, but over here? And just doing that quick visualization, sometimes that can be enough. Like for me right now, it's enough. I've practiced this. So I really want you to focus on practicing and first just noticing where is my center of gravity at this point in time, visualizing it, visualizing bringing it back and noticing what comes up. If it's that this is selfish, that my needs are in competition with other people's needs, then that's a really great place to start doing some coaching on that. And what we can do is we can interrogate that belief and we can start to ask, okay, is this true? Do I believe this is true for other people or do I just believe this is true for me? we can also then start to find evidence and to show our brain, well, look, you know, that example of sleep, when I prioritize myself with sleep, actually it benefited everybody around me. When I'm rested, it's better for my clients. I'm more creative. I'm more present. When I have a rule that, you know, this is one thing that's really important to me, that we don't have phones, we don't have screens after 10 p.m., after 8 p.m., whatever, everyone in my household benefits from it. And again, we want to get to the point where we're doing this just for ourselves because we know and we believe and we're on board with the fact that making our center of gravity ourselves is valuable and it's valid just because it is. But between where you are now and that point, there's probably a lot of little steps, okay? There might not be, it might be enough to just notice it, but if there are, then we just want to use all of the tools that we have at our disposal. And those tools could be, okay, I'm gonna start by focusing on how this benefits everybody else. And then I'm gonna look at bringing it back to myself as well. Now, one more thing before we finish is to think about, I always call it like the terrain or the background atmosphere of what you're in. So as I mentioned, when we hear ideas like this, we're usually like, yeah, great. Intellectually, I'm on board. But the implementation of it 
can like it can just not happen right like we have this idea and then we don't do it and we're like why am I not doing it very often that's because of the terrain so your nervous system goes into fight or flight and it's like you know you're in this space you listen to this podcast episode or you get coached and you're like yeah I'm on board I'm on board and then you go outside and you immediately see a piece of media or you see another person putting their children first or you see how your mother is behaving with your grandmother you know and you get all of these bits of information and bits of data fed to you telling you you're wrong this is the right way the way to be a good human is to put other people first or you can do this but in the future which obviously like it's not real it's in the future that's just your brain saying don't do it but let's give you an excuse now i want you to think about society's center of gravity and when that has moved in the past it's always moving our values as a society are in flux so if you think about smoking in the 1950s everyone was smoking your mum when she was pregnant the doctors everybody and, and and it was the socially acceptable thing to do it was normal for everybody to smoke it was normal for pregnant women to smoke with a martini and at some point not at some point gradually by lots of individuals moving their own center of gravity and bringing it to say, mm, this does not feel good. <laughs> this is suspicious, right? All those little changes meant that the ball, the center of society's gravity moved to say, no, as a society, smoking is not seen as a healthy, good thing for pregnant women to do or for parents to do in a car with their children. And it moved until that became the new center of gravity. Okay, so just think about that and notice like, okay, right now the ball is over here. That does not mean I'm wrong, right? It just means maybe I need more tools. Maybe I need to put even more work in to building up my belief. Maybe I need to set even more boundaries. Maybe I need to have a practice of reflecting and evaluating. And just thinking about it as like, if you were going to climb a mountain, what clothes would you be putting on? And when we're building a new belief, what tools do you want to use? Okay, so if this was interesting for you and if you're interested in um, more coaching tools, because why wouldn't you? We are running the Prune and Bloom Challenge. It's the 27 day, 30 day challenge. Uh, there's a video explaining why it kicks off this Wednesday when I move to Toulouse. I'll be driving all day, but um, I'm having a slow start in the morning. So it will be up in the community and I've scheduled everything. So don't worry about it trailing off or tailing off this time. Like it's all pre-scheduled. All you have to do, show up, get your training, share your action step. It should not take you more than 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. That's the idea. It's not designed like the perfect situation is that you can get a result within the same day. Okay. So you can pick your action step and then you can take it. All right, lovelies. Hopefully see you in the live atelier for the challenge.